Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you Make things better. Hello there. Welcome to today's program. Um, here we are again, trying to understand challenging kids better, help them better, um, implement collaborative problem solving, be more compassionate, accurate in our understanding, effective in our interventions. That's what this program's for. That's what Lives in the Balance is for. Um, so I'm delighted that you've chosen to spend some time with me today, or if you are listening to the recorded version of the program, that you've chosen to uh, listen in. We um, have a bunch of emails that have um, accumulated just over the past week, and uh, we're going to try to get to all of them. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But as you all know, uh, callers get top priority on this program. And uh, we do have a caller already today. This uh, gentleman called in very concerned about his son. Um, Yesterday on the uh, radio program for educators, um, and I uh, regrettably put him off uh, for a day um, because his question was more relevant to... um, parents than to educators and on our uh, collaborative problem solving at school um, program we had Anytown High School on yesterday so I asked uh, this dad to give a call today and uh, he's with us he he saved the day yesterday on the program because we were having technical problems with Anytown High School uh, but now we get to spend lots of time with him today so uh, Welcome back to the program. Welcome to this program. I'm glad you were able to call in today. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate it. You bet. So um, I know you gave us a little bit of information about your situation yesterday, but um, my bet is that lots of folks who listen to this program weren't listening to that program yesterday. It tends to be two different audiences, but not always. Give us a little background information about why you're calling. Okay. Um, We have a 12-year-old son um, who started exhibiting kind of ADD slash ODD behavior on the very end of fifth grade when he was, I guess, 10. And um, started having uh, kind of outbursts um, and inability to follow through and get his schoolwork done um, and do and basically um, couldn't get his homework done, which then transcended into not doing very well in school, um, and then becoming very anxious um, and just very difficult to 
Um, we got through the end of fifth grade, um, had a fairly turbulent summer going into sixth grade, decided to transition him to a different school, um, you know, considering he was going to middle school anyway. We chose a school that we thought would be good for him. Um, he got in there and then uh, basically reverted back to the same behavior um, that he had exhibited at the end of fifth grade um, in terms of not doing his homework, not following up, not studying, and basically got very far behind um, in most of his subjects um, and ended up doing very poorly to the point where at the end of sixth grade, uh, well, way back a little bit, um, when he didn't do his homework um, and didn't study and did poorly in class and got poor grades, um, his decision was, well, I just won't go to school and decided that truancy would be out because that he wouldn't be embarrassed, wouldn't be called out, wouldn't be challenged in school. So this became even more frustrating to us because now we had a kid that wasn't wasn't only doing well, was it not was not doing well, but also wasn't going to school. Um, so at the end of I guess within thirty days of the um, end of the sixth grade, um, we decided to send him to a wilderness camp, thinking that you know that maybe that would help him therapeutically to adjust his attitude and, and kind of understand that you know things could be better if he were to work harder, kind of a very regimented plan A approach. Um, we sent him there for 30 days, got him back, and then sent him to a secondary um, learning center to finish out sixth grade, um, which he did accomplish. Uh, went through the summer, um, fairly turbulent there, um, and then started seventh grade. We sent him to a new school because he couldn't go back to his old school. And then um, basically he's exhibiting the same type of behavior now where he's not doing homework and not doing well at school at all. And, um, you know, we've read your book, Lost at School, and, um, you know, kind of went through the process of the ALSUP and have kind of determined two things really. Um, one primarily is that um, he exhibits transitional behavior disorder, I guess that's the word, where he just doesn't do very well and does incredibly poorly from a structured school environment to coming home from school to having some play or downtime, eating dinner, and then going back to homework. Uh, he just can't make that transition at all to where it's just delays and delays and delays, and then he says, I'm going to get up in the morning and do it, and then just never gets it done. Um, and it's just frustrating for us because we can see you know, the consequences of, of his actions, you know, he's a bright kid, but the consequences of his actions are he just gets further and further behind. Um, and then as he gets further behind, you can tell he gets more and more anxious because he doesn't know the material and he hasn't done the assignments and doesn't, you know, can't keep up with what's going on. Um, so I guess, you know, from our perspective, you know, in going through a plan B type collaborative approach to address his inherent anxiety and uh, inability to transition from period to period, you know, what's a beginning step approach and, and how do we implement that? All right. I'm glad we have some time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, um, you're worried about your son. 
And um, many things have been tried. And things are being said about him. Um, And yet, I, sitting listening to you, Mm -hmm. don't feel like I have a grasp at all on what's getting in your son's way. Now, I know you've filled out the ALSIP. And if you have filled out the ALSIP, I'm hoping you also um, filled out not only the lagging skill section, but the unsolved problem section. Yes, I did. And what I'm, in what you were saying, I'm hearing about some unsolved problems. I'm hearing that homework is a massive unsolved problem. Correct. I'm, here that, I'm hearing that completing work... Am I hearing that completing work in general, whether it's homework or not, is a problem? Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. And um, I'm hearing, so those are unsolved problems that I'm hearing about loud and clear. I'm getting some hints about lagging skills, but you you, um, said you fill out the ALSIP. Um, Aside from uh, what kinds of lagging skills, you, you mentioned that he had something called transitional behavior disorder. But I've I've never heard of that. Is that well? I think uh, it's what you, you had listed as one of the lagging skills, right? Ah, so he has difficulty trans- making transitions. Yes. Got it. I, I, okay. I phrased it improperly, but well, yeah, um, that, that was the one that came out glaring to me is his inability to transition from one activity to the next, and, and homework it. is just a, a really persistent manifestation of that. Well, and I think we're going to find that there's more to homework than just difficulty making transitions. Okay. I'm, I'm, um, I'm willing to bet the house on that. Besides difficulty making transitions, the reason I was uh, curious is because um, I'm, I'm, I find that the more we focus on lagging skills and unsolved problems, the less we really need diagnoses and, and the less informative diagnoses become. So... Um, you have accomplished a rare feat by taking one of the lagging skills and transforming it into a disorder. Um, I'm being joking a little. Right. Uh, we, we don't. We don't need a disorder to understand what's getting in your son's way. We need to understand what skills he's lacking okay. that are making it hard for him to meet the demands that are being placed upon him. So now I got to ask a little bit more. What um, other skills jumped out at you in terms of ones that he might be lacking? Any any come to mind? You probably don't have the ALSIP in front of you right now. Besides difficulty making transitions, do you recall any others that sprang to mind? Um, definitely difficulty uh, persisting on challenging or tedious tasks. Um, has a, a very difficult time following through on something that takes a lot of concentration and effort. Okay. Um, so concentrating. Yeah. Um, staying focused. Yes. Um, these, All of these ones that you're naming, if, if I was going to try to categorize them, and since I'm not very disorder-oriented, I'm also not very categorical either, but if I was going to be categorical, what, what are being named at the moment are what we might call executive skills. Right. And it doesn't surprise me that somebody diagnosed him with ADHD because virtually every kid who carries that diagnosis has lagging executive skills. Right. 
yeah, he has he has little or no or ability to organize multiple tasks and then prioritize them. And Got I it. think, um, you know, that really jumped out at us when he made that move from fifth to sixth grade because, you know, in fifth grade you're still primarily with one teacher. Um, wow. You know, the subjects are not quite as clearly defined, even though they are, you know, you do have different subjects, but they're all kind of blended together. In sixth grade you have defined teachers for each specific um, you know, subject, and you have to move, yeah. and you have to do your books with you, and you have to do all the the functional things that allow you to get from point A to point B, and that is very difficult. I did my um, master's thesis. This was eons ago, but I did my master's thesis on characteristics of kids who have difficulty making the transition from elementary to middle school. Okay. They all had ADHD. Right. All the ones who had difficulty making transitions were inattentive, hyperactive, impulsive. And it's not that they weren't those things in elementary school. It's just that one teacher, for many kids who are lacking organizational skills, focus, um, difficulty making transitions, um, sometimes one teacher is a lot user-friendlier than six. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So now here's the interesting thing. Um, I'm going to speed this along a little bit because here's the interventions that have been tried. And one of the things I'm a stickler about is, first, I want to feel like I completely understand why a child is having difficulty meeting our expectations. And my explanation 100% of the time is the child is lacking crucial skills. And we've now talked about some of the skills that your son is lacking. Right. And I'm also a stickler for identifying when a child is having difficulty meeting our expectations, which expectations is the child having difficulty meeting. Um, And I'm hearing loud and clear homework, completing tasks at school are very high on our list of what I call unsolved problems. Correct. Now, I have the benefit, of course, of backward thinking here. And, of course, I also have the advantage of knowing that the interventions that have been tried so far didn't work. But here's the big question. Now that we are sitting with him at the age of 12, he's gone through phases of refusing to go to school. Um, He's been in two new schools. He's been in a wilderness camp. Yep. And the question I'm always asking when I have the luxury of looking backward and, of course, this is quite the luxury, especially when you're looking backward at interventions that didn't work, mm-hmm. is would changing schools, would a wilderness program have solved the problems of difficulty completing homework, difficulty completing work? Would those interventions have helped your son with the skills he's lacking? Now, once again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the answer is no. I'm having trouble understanding how a new school, unless it intervened in ways that were completely different from the old school, and unless first and foremost the new school or whatever program your son ends up in puts all of their effort in the beginning 
into understanding what's getting in his way. That's why, lagging skills. And understanding when, on what expectations, he's having particular difficulty. And unless they devote their efforts to trying to solve those problems so that ultimately he's able to meet those expectations, um, it becomes clear why, once again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it becomes clear why the interventions that may have been tried so far may not have gotten us very far because I'm not hearing that the new schools and the wilderness program gave your son what he needed. I would agree. So job one, he's in, a, he's in a brand new school this year. Yeah, he wasn't able to go back to the other school because of his grades. Got it. We got a hurting kid here. Right. We got a hurting dad here who's very worried about his son. Yep. They will both hurt less over time only if we get a really clear understanding of what's getting in your son's way and start engaging him in the solutions. I'm tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm reasonably certain that your son did not pick did not choose to go to a wilderness camp. No, that's all I have. And you'd know better than me, but I don't know if he chose to go to either of these two school new schools either. We need to engage him in the solution. But before we engage him in the solution, which is, of course, what collaborative problem solving is all about, right. we need to understand fully what's getting in his way. And that could be testing, if it hasn't been done yet. That could be the empathy step of plan B, if it hasn't been done yet. That could be, and it could be all of these in combination, that could be sitting down with the folks at school with blank copies of the ALSIP, the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems, in front of all the participants in the meeting so that they really understand your son and know what's walking in their door so that they don't make the mistake of thinking that he's not doing well because he doesn't want to do well that he's not doing what we want them recognizing, and that he's not doing well because he's lacking the skills to do well, and that those lagging skills bite him, you, and them when they're being demanded by the environment. Luckily, that's predictable. There are certain assignments he's having difficulty completing. I don't know if it's all of them, but it's, if it's all of them, each subject area in which he's having difficulty completing assignments is its own separate unsolved problem. We don't want to treat all of the assignments as if they are exactly the same in terms of what's getting in the way of your son completing them. We need info from him so that we can finally start actually engaging him in solving some of these problems. But the key point is that it sounds like lots of things have been done to your son. And this is not an unfamiliar scenario. My, my goal here is not to make you feel bad, of course, or sort of induce guilt here, but um, a lot of interventions have been applied. This is such a common scenario, it's, it's, it's sad. A lot of interventions have been applied before we even knew what was getting in your son's way, and I'm not even sure we still do understand what's getting in your son's way. And I don't want you guys to go to another school year without us understanding what's getting in his way and applying interventions that haven't worked before. 
I completely concur. I think, um, you know, we, we did seek, you know, a child psychologist in order to, to make some assessment, but there was no, there was no approach that looked anything like what your book said. And I think that's, you know, our frustration is partly in not having found that as a reasonable solution, you know, prior to making any intervention decisions. Right. And, I mean, one of the things you can do depends on your existing relationship with the school. This is not me plugging books, but you might want to give them a copy of Lost at School. Okay. The interesting thing is that you might want to let them know about the Lives in the Balance website. Okay. Lots of streaming video on there that would help them understand your son better, help them understand what they ought to be doing better. Lost at School would be the same thing but in print. I think most importantly, I think that you have tried helping your son and being his ally in a certain way, in a way that many parents do with the best of intentions. You've tried to think of what would work for him and you've applied it. But nothing takes the place of really understanding what's getting in his way in the first place and nothing takes the place of collaborating with him on potential solutions. So my goal is for you to be an ally for your son in another way. And that is be an ally by doing whatever is necessary to understand what's getting in his way and being be an ally in working with him to solve the issues that are getting in his way rather than by coming up with the solution for him doesn't mean that your input isn't valued. It's highly valued. But I think we've now seen, and once again, hindsight's twenty twenty. It, it didn't necessarily have to work out this way, but it did. I think we've now seen that it can be counterproductive to apply interventions without your son being involved in the solution. So my goal is for you to be an ally in a different way a way that involves information gathering and collaboration on solutions rather than adult ingenuity. Okay. What do you think? Yes, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And I think yeah, well, to to add on to that, I think um the school has the school's the invaluable piece of that, right? Because without without engaging them in the capacity that this is the way you know, this, these are the skills that my son is lacking, and having the, you know, it takes a village type mentality, then we're kind of back at square zero where they're doing one thing and we're attempting to do another, and there's no, there is no fundamental collaboration on all parties' behalf. Got to collaborate with your son, got to collaborate with the folks at school, and um, if you run into trouble, well, um, you know what web-based radio program to call back. Right. And if if the folks at school need some help understanding collaborative problem solving, um, you know that there are two web-based radio programs to encourage them to call into. Um, okay. That's what Lives in the Balance is here for. That's what these radio programs are here for. Um, that might be as far as I can take you today, but sure. let's be your son's ally in a different way, and you want to make sure the school is clear on the interventions that haven't 
worked. Now, when, when, when tried and true interventions don't work, I used to do this myself. When I used to teach parents how to reward and punish their child, first of all, a lot of them would come in and say they'd already tried that. And I would um, sit there and think, well, you probably did it wrong. When, in fact, maybe they did it exactly right. Maybe no matter how well they had applied an intervention that was mismatched to what a kid really needed, uh, no matter how well you apply an intervention that isn't well-matched to what a kid needs, it's still not going to work. So make sure the school knows what hasn't worked. Try to fill them in on a different way to go, and um, you know where to call if you need more help. Yeah, I do. I think I, I think that's very sound advice. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Take care. Bye. We have another caller. I'm delighted that people know that the program is back on the air. We have a caller from area code 419. Uh, oh, I wish my button would click here. Hold on. Yeah, now we're on. Area code 419, you're on the air. How are you today? Ah, uh, Well, I've had better weeks, but I'm hanging in there. So, um, I'm glad you I called. Sent you, I had sent you an email regarding um, I have a first-grade son who has Asperger's syndrome, Okay. And he's had a great deal of difficulty adjusting to first grade, and uh, the options the school keeps wanting to give me um, don't really involve working on the lacking resources, uh, lacking, um, sorry, um, the lacking skills that he has, but um, a very behavioral approach, a very much he needs to be in an emotionally disturbed separate unit, um, those sorts of things. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. In front of me, you were you were second okay. in the queue. Okay. Um, he's seven. The the disorder makes sense, so I think I have your email right in front of you, in front okay. of me. Um, what? Um, can I read a little bit of your email just to fill yeah. our listeners in? Yes, that would be fine. Okay, and I'm not going to use any names. Um, okay. Or identifying information. Uh, my son is seven and in the first grade and having a very difficult time adjusting. He's been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, so not surprisingly, he doesn't do well with a number of things. Uh, he, he, I'm going to rephrase that. He's lacking mm -hmm. a lot of skills that I saw on the LSIP. Uh, you've read The Explosive Child. You are, um, you've seen the Lives in the Balance website. And honestly, at home, he's been doing amazingly well for quite some time now, despite having had some struggles at the beginning of the summer. But he's more flexible, adaptable, cooperative with us. Fantastic. All right, mm -hmm. now, comes the, now comes the bad news. Yes. <laughs> this, this is your email, yes? Yes, this is it. Unfortunately, that has not been the case at school, and I've just come from a two-hour meeting where it's been detailed to me how he has destroyed property, is routinely trying to bite and hurt and threatening to kill teachers who take him from his regular classroom to the emotionally disturbed unit, and he's not like mm -hmm. that unless something is really askew. But I haven't been able to figure out what exactly and being told he's manipulative and controlling and only wants to do what he wants to do is not helping me to sort things out or for any of us to come up with workable solutions. Frankly, shall I keep going? Yes, go ahead. That's fine. Frankly, right now, I'm just really overwhelmed. It's been made very clear to me that any other student would have been suspended by now, that while well, I guess they're doing you a favor, that while mm -hmm. there's been progress, it's not enough that I should find someplace else to take him. Is this a public school? This is a public school, yes. 
I'll keep going. The only problem okay. is that every other option is points levels, rewards punishment system, and I know this approach tends to frustrate him more and throw him overboard. Um, would just really appreciate another voice and perspective as I work through this wilderness. It's clear to me where the school administrators want him right now, but I'm very cautious about pulling him out or putting him in a system that may end up being worse than where he's at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot has happened since then, so it's just sort of ongoing. Wanna, do you want to fill in any other details? Yes. Uh, important um, things that have happened between your sending that email, which was... September 14th. So um yeah. go ahead. Well, I've I've since contacted um there's been real difficulty with the classroom teacher. He did fantastically well the day he had a substitute. Um this morning he just sort of randomly volunteered to me. We were waiting for the bus and he said to me, he said, "You know, I think my teacher has changed her mind about liking me. I think she hates me now." because she's always saying, you know, my son's name um, repeatedly and saying that my work is terrible. And granted, some of some of those sort of comments, he can be a little dramatic, so I don't know exactly where the line is, but I know that's his emotional reality. Um, so I've consulted a, a, an autism program um, to bring a behavioral consultant into the school to observe um, it, in the school setting for four hours tomorrow um, to try and get a different perspective. Um, they've had their own observer in the classroom, the, the school administrators have, and she made it pretty clear that, um, you know, he's making a little bit of progress, but he's really being very disruptive to the entire school. Um, and there's been issues with being taken into sort of a seclusion room when he has difficulties. And he's getting better with that. He's actually choosing to go down to the uh, ED emotionally disturbed room right now more often to do his work. He has a one-on-one aid. Um, he still has some sort of some issues. Um, but I'm still very deeply uncomfortable, even though I like the teacher individually in that room, I'm very uncomfortable with the way that it's set up and the way that I've been told by administrators primarily that there's Asperger's, but I keep using that as an excuse that he's really just a little boy who's manipulative and controlling. And wow. so I'm, strugg- I'm struggling with the fact that my son's doing fairly well most days where he's at, but not really wanting him to be immersed in a system that I don't feel is appropriate for the skills that he's lacking. So that's that's sort of what's happened since then, and those are sort of my my concerns as we go into the observation tomorrow, and then a final um, a meeting with the whole team, administrators, and everybody uh, again on Friday to assess what's going to happen next. Got it. So, quite frankly, um, first of all, I'm sorry you find yourself in this situation. Um, I don't think this is going to make you feel any better, but it could. Your situation is painfully similar to mm-hmm. that faced by many, many, many parents um, in North America um, Mm -hmm. who have a child who has behavioral difficulties that are really not very well understood and where cliches like manipulative and controlling are being applied to explain and the disorder is being used as an excuse. Yes. But my, my, my advice to you is going to be no different than it was to the dad who preceded you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is, yes. 
at the moment we're talking about classrooms and we're talking about interventions and we're talking about disorders um nothing takes the place of making sure everybody who's working with your son has the right lenses on and here's what's yeah. clear a lot of mm-hmm. parents think that a diagnosis will finally help the folks at school recognize that there's something different mm-hmm. about their child and but you you have a diagnosis walking in the door and it has really not accomplished much at all for you except perhaps yeah. to have the school believe that your son belongs in a in an ED classroom i don't know if it's the diagnosis talking there or the behavior talking there but mm-hmm. my advice is they we all need to get past the disorder. We all yeah. need to get past thinking about what classroom or program he should belong in. I have great difficulty thinking about any of the what to do part mm-hmm. until I know what I'm dealing with. But a disorder, while a disorder like Asperger's disorder puts me in the ballpark, mm-hmm. doesn't tell me what section I'm in, and it certainly doesn't tell me where my seat is. Yeah. Um, what and, puts and me I, in the ballpark? I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I had actually for the last meeting, I had completed the ALSEP and I, you know, and pretty much all of those things I checked off for my son. He has difficulty with uh, flexibility and transitions and executive functioning and language processing and all of those things. And so I had tried to insert that into the conversation and have some support from some of the sort of um, um, sort of supplementary teachers and aides and that he has and in terms of saying, yes, these are his lacking skills. How are we going to address these? Um, and yet the, it, it feels like the way the system is set up, there's not a great deal of interest in really working concretely to address those. Well, and, So I've attempted the, to introduce that. But yeah. Okay, so here's two quick points. One is an issue of strategy, not that you did it wrong, but mm-hmm. – um, a potential strategy is saying to them, I really need your help thinking mm-hmm. about these lagging skills. I mm-hmm. find that not only with parents and teachers, but I like engaging people in the process of discovery. Yes, yeah. Because I find that if we if we simply hand them the information about mm-hmm. lagging skills, they haven't really sunk their teeth into it, and they haven't really necessarily even thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if there's a way still to engage them in giving thought to his lagging skills. Yeah. But um, secondly, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and that's one of my questions right now, because uh, the only option I feel like I have if I'm to keep him within the school system, because I don't feel the class regular classroom is appropriate because of the way the teacher has been handling some things, is whether I can have a placement within an ED um, room and again, this goes back to the whole labels issue, which is just a stopping point. But um, if there's a way, even within that sort of environment, to have skills taught in ways that are appropriate to him, um, if if that is even possible, if there's even flexibility in a system to allow for um, a sort of difference in how it's handled, and that's I may be being redundant right now, but that's that's where my essential um, struggle of the moment is, if we can function within an ED classroom that's a very behavior, rewards, and punishment system, um, or whether that just won't be an option. Well, um, I'm still stuck on um, 
it's very hard for me to think about, and I know that there's some urgency here because a decision has to be made on Friday. Yes. Mm-hmm. But just because a decision has to be made on Friday about where he's going to be spending most of his time doesn't mean we can rush the process of figuring mm-hmm. out what's getting in his way and what he really needs. Agreed, I yeah. obviously don't know his classroom teacher. I don't know if he or she would be um, approaching things differently if he or she were engaged in the process of figuring out what skills your son was lacking and what unsolved problems in particular were causing him difficulty. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard for me to uh, guide you on which mm-hmm. environment is going to be best for him. Ultimately, you you do have it right. You, you're looking for an environment in which people are willing to engage your son in collaborating on solutions, both yeah. so that the solutions work, but also so that he acquires the skills that he's lacking. Yes. But, but I, I think that, as is often the case, the whole process has been focused so much on what should we do and where should yeah. he be. Yeah, and agreed. so little, despite your efforts, um, so little on who is he, yeah. what are his lagging skills, what are his unsolved problems, and what does he need from us? I mm-hmm. find that when I go at it through that front yeah. door, who is he, yeah. what are mm-hmm. his lagging skills, what are his unsolved problems and what does he need from us, then it becomes mm-hmm. easier to say, and in what environment, now that we've agreed on what he needs from us, so I don't, we don't want to be sort of driven by classroom options. That comes Agreed. second. Mm-hmm. First is, who is he? Mm-hmm. What does he need from us? And mm-hmm. where can he get what he needs from us now that we have established what he needs from us? Yes. When yeah. we are really classroom-driven, I find that mm-hmm. we leave the most important part behind, and mm-hmm. we end up making decisions about the room he's going to be spending his time in without people even having the right lenses on yet. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, what I would and it's easy to get though, stuck in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is ve- well, and to tell you the truth, in many systems, not just schools, where a kid is going to be is a bit more of an administrative decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the case of challenging kids, and it sounds like this may be applicable to your son, mm-hmm. it becomes an exercise uh, in spitting a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. But I find yeah. that we can get out of the square peg and round hole business when we start with lagging skills, unsolved problems. Now that we have that information and now that we know what this kid needs from us, now mm-hmm. let's think about the environments in which he could potentially get that. Yeah. But here's the interesting point. Along the way of um, thinking about lagging skills and unsolved problems, something else happens, and that is the people who are engaged in that process, the process of discovering a kid's lagging skills and identifying a kid's unsolved problems, the people who are engaged in that, and I'm thinking about as teachers here, mm-hmm. yeah. if we engage them, then we start to see light bulbs go on Yes. And sometimes. And yes. often we <laughs> see people become much more compassionate. And most importantly, mm-hmm. perhaps, we see people start to recognize why what they've been doing to a yeah. kid yeah. isn't what he needs. Yeah. And then sometimes it becomes clear, you know what, 
his his actually his I don't know if it'll turn out this way, but this can turn out this way. I'm I'm just imagining here. Mm-hmm. What if his classroom teacher is sitting in this meeting and she's going, "My goodness." So the real issue with this poor kid is mm-hmm. that he's lacking skills, and what I've been doing has been making yeah. it worse. Um, boy, I sure would like to give this another try. Yeah, and I, and I'm now, hoping, you know, I I'd like to hope that that's what's going to happen. But I know that we had met prior to school, and we talked about, you know, the sort of challenges she might see and how to approach things and all of these sort of strategies, and we'd gone into that. Um, and my dilemma at the moment is is whether we're past that. I, she's told me, you know, made statements like he's given too many chances and, um, you know, people bend over backwards for him and he just needs to, you know, do what he needs to do. And so I'm hoping there, you know, it, it, it would be nice if a light bulb could come on, but if not, I'm I'm hoping that we can find a place where there is a sort of light bulb and there is an understanding. And he has a very good aide at the moment who also is scheduled to be dismissed on Friday, so that's worrisome, but um, who does understand that and is able to work through those things with him, which is which is a hopeful thing. But that question of if we can hopefully on Friday all get on the same page of talking the same language that's that's about skills, that's about the things that underlie behaviors and hopefully move in that direction instead of some of the statements and, and things that have been been established so far. That's, that's looking, kind of You're my looking challenge. for light bulbs. You're, that's yeah. what you're looking for. You're looking for light bulbs and um, for your son's sake and for your sake um, and for the sake of his potential classmates, mm-hmm. I wish you the best of luck in finding them. Um, anything you. <laughs> you can do to um, help them focus on who he is before thinking about where he yeah. should go is yeah. crucial. Okay. I thank you for your call. Thank you very much. I appreciate and it. please feel free to call back and give us an update. Okay. Thank you. Well, um, two very similar calls today. Um of course, completely unplanned. We don't plan these calls. We just take them as they come. But lots of similarities. Um, it's a very common and sometimes tragic scenario out there where sometimes we are so consumed by where the kid should be placed, what program he should be in, that we skip past the most important part, the lenses the understanding, we skip past all the information that would inform where the kids should be placed, and kids end up getting placed in places that are completely ill-matched to what they actually need because we weren't that clear on what they actually needed in the first place. I hate when that happens, but my goal in writing the books that I write and providing all free resources on the Lives in the Balance website and doing these radio programs is to help people become aware of what it would look like if we were doing things differently. And, um, boy, I sure do hope that in both of these cases, mom and dad can turn things around and get their children 
the understanding they need, and light bulbs will go on. And um, we um, allied with these guys instead of um, doing things that sometimes just make things worse. All right. Well, uh, I apologize that we didn't get to any of the emails today. Well, we actually did get to one because one of the emails was uh, the mom who called. But um, we'll save them. We'll try to get to them uh, next week on another of our uh, Parenting Challenging Kids programs. I want to thank you all for joining in today. Hope you found this to be a useful program. That's the whole point. Talk to you.